0: Hello and welcome to episode 71 of the Arena Regulars podcast. I'm Zach. And I'm Jeff. And we're your source for weekly drunken Magic the Gathering arena content.
1: That's right. We're basically just regular dudes drinking some irregular beers. And we're talking about Magic the Gathering. In particular, the online client MTG arena.
0: This week is our happy hour episode for Kamigawa. Um, We're just going to talk about our favorite things from this last set before we get bombarded with new spoilers for the upcoming one, Streets of New Capena. So let's just uh, look back and and, and cherish the good times we just had, you know. Cherry-ish them? (laughs) Yes, exactly. Which leads us to each week we both bring a beer, we drink Jeff's, then we drink mine. Rated on a scale of Bronze to Mythic, choose the best for last. So with that, Jeff, what's on tap?
1: All right. So fans of last week's episode, remember that we are doing an Indie Ale House tap takeover. So we tried a couple of their beers last week. We have two more on the docket today. And I have brought a beer of theirs called Fallen Idol, which uh, is a cherry ale. It's described as a tart light beer with cherries. I think light is meant to describe how it tastes more than anything because it's still 5.1% alcohol.
0: Always love my light beers to be 5.1%. <laughs>
1: I approve of a brewery that will label a 5.1% beer a light beer. <laughs> and,
0: you know, this, this is definitely one of the ones. We talked about how beefy the last episodes were. So, um, And what we're getting to later, we'll also see. So... Um, we'll keep that oh yeah (laughs) we'll keep that hidden for the uh the time being but we have some magic news all right we have a few rebalances in cards for alchemy this is happening thursday the day this episode comes out april 7th um we talked all about it last episode um no uh nothing we crushed it (laughs) Uh, so we were expecting some nerfs to black cards, and they didn't nerf anything. Nothing is nerfed. Uh, we got a bunch of, uh, buffs for things I didn't think needed to be buffed, or it wasn't really on my radar, so we'll see if that has anything. It fixes the the format in any way, but at least base camp is now gonna be playable, so. I was
1: gonna say, the only thing remotely related to what they did and what we talked about was the buff to Warriors. I think they mentioned that they're keeping an eye... On party as a mechanic, and mm-hmm. they might buff it. <laughs>
0: so yeah, I guess so. They're buffing warriors, and then uh, I don't know. Anyway, uh, that helps party like
1: elves. They buffed elves.
0: Yeah, so <laughs> there you go. Um, but anyway, uh, there's also going to be an arena open next weekend, April 16th and 17th, and the format will be historic um, for real. It's actually historic. I did. I found the right article this time. So
1: I was going to ask, what is it really though? What's the
0: actual <laughs> format? But, (coughs) Jeff, we did have a really big announcement last week. The biggest news. Very exciting. Do you want to tell us what that was?
1: Yes. So Watsi released an organized play announcement. So uh, basically that means the competitive tournament scene. What kind of competitive tournaments are we going to see? They told us all about it. There's going to be a pro tour again. Um, you qualify it through regional championships, stuff like that. And the first pro tour is actually going to be part limited and part pioneer.
0: Whoa, <laughs> what? Yeah, that is crazy. I
1: know. Um, so this was mostly talking about paper. They did mention that you will be able to qualify through digital play, and they also did say explicitly that they're looking into more ways to qualify for the uh, ch- qualifier weekends than just uh, ladder play because in the past it was almost entirely finishing in the top uh, 1200 on the ladder and now they they said explicitly uh, for those arena players out there there will be other ways to qualify for those events Uh, hopefully as soon as uh, May ranked season
0: yeah very exciting I think we're supposed to know at the end of this month what's going on and how digital fits into all of it and that's also around the time where we're going to learn about the new format the non-rotating format that's yeah. uh, equal to paper in Arena. So this, uh, and with the PT being Pioneer, and everyone speculating that they want Pioneer in Arena, it, it seems like it has to be Pioneer, right?
1: Well, there's been a lot of moments where it feels like it has to be something, and that was just Watsy doing weird stuff. So that's <laughs> you true. Never know.
0: That's true. Last yeah. week did feel like it had. They had to nerf black cards, and they didn't at all. So. Um, I I anticipate people being probably very upset with whatever the new format's gonna be. <laughs> whatever
1: the whatever it is, it's it looks like it should be Pioneer. It probably is gonna be some something weird that's not that. Yeah. And then we're all gonna be like, what?
0: What? <laughs> so uh, yeah, we'll see. But um, uh, in any case, it seems really exciting. Happy that digital is gonna be part of this pyramid. If you've seen the um, the graphic, it makes it very simple. It's like. Go to your LGLs, play there, do well, go to regionals, do well, go to the PT, do well, go to the Worlds, do well. Uh, very simple compared to before where I I couldn't even explain it to you. So uh, it's just been, it's been a nice week. I, I will have to say Twitter specifically has been very exciting. Uh, people are happy for once. It's, a, it's amazing. Um, On magic Twitter, people yeah. are, are happy. It's crazy. People are people are getting along. Wow. Um, and there are a lot of people talking about Never Pioneer. I i see the day. Right? Mm. So um, at least for one brief moment in time, for one week, we had a we had a happy magic Twitter. <laughs> um, but, yeah, uh, it won't last long. Don't worry. It won't. But we're going to keep the happiness rolling through this whole episode uh, for our Kamigawa Neon Dynasty happy hour. Let's get into it let's talk about Kamigawa. This is the first time we have come back to any plane uh, for 18 years of of a gap. Right. So, so we went to Kamigawa in 2004. It took 18 years to come back. No other plane we've, we've visited and been gone that long uh, before we, we came back. So um, did they do a good job? Did it uh, fulfill the needs of the people and the high, high, high expectations? Um, Just to, Right off the bat, yes, would you say?
1: I would say yes.
0: Um, I don't know, like, I wasn't one of these
1: people that was longing for Kamigawa. I thought it'd be kind of cool if they took another stab at it because, you know, the whole, uh, like, the concept was a neat idea. They just weren't as good at executing on top-down designs back then as they are now. So I was always like, yeah, it'd be cool if they went back. But I wasn't one of the people that's like, you must return to Mm -hmm. Kamigawa. (laughs) That would be so awesome. Uh, So I don't know if I can speak for that uh, population that really wanted it. But for me, I think this was a really successful return
0: to to Kamigawa. I definitely, definitely agree. Though, coming into it, I I think I was really high. And then through the course of of playing the whole thing, um, I had a lot of ups and downs, I think. Compared to other sets where I kind of find my thing. Either like I'm super stoked or I'm like, iffy. This was like, this day I'm feeling great. This day I'm feeling very bad. And then... It kind of goes bad, and then it's like great again. Um, so roller coaster for me. Uh, it's been fun, but um, yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah. So, what do you think were some of the the best things that uh, that came from this? Like, what was it, either in the draft format or like color combinations or um, anything? What What did you like? What did you like? <laughs> uh, so I thought the.
1: All of the flip sagas. We'll get more into mechanics a little mm-hmm. later, but I thought those were really cool. I loved that they kind of tell, told a story, and then transformed into some sort of spirit that represented a character from Kamigawa's past. Mm-hmm. And they tended to play pretty well, and like you could pick pick them up and the creature side with like ninjutsu and replay it again. There's a lot of cool things you could do with them uh, that I didn't realize just from reading the cards. So. I think they were a good blend of like really awesome creatively and then also just fun cards to play with. They really actually ended up defining the draft format quite a bit because they were so good.
0: Yeah. No, they were huge. And, and that's really big. Like finding ways. I think they did a really good job of finding ways for all the different mechanics to kind of play with each other. Um, Besides the the samurai warrior thing. But everything else (laughs) 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 really worked well. Where like the ninjas liked having the sagas because you could pick up a saga and replay it again. um, And having a bunch of different ninjas that were also um, artifacts or random creatures that happened to be enchantments to help you with your different things. Um, That was just really cool. It never felt like a really big stretch to try to find... You are kind of build around synergies. They just kind of happened to be in good cards in your colors. And it just kind of, it, it felt good drafting and looking at your cards. You were like, oh, no, these, these all kind of work. This is nice. Um, with the draft format, I did start pretty high. And, and I was in a certain place and, and figured out green was really good early. And then once everyone knew green was good, you couldn't it was hard to draft green after that cuz no one would let you definitely. <laughs> yeah. I think I
1: drafted like green white enchantments 5 times throughout the course of the whole format and it was all in like the first week. Mm-hmm. <laughs> nobody nobody let me do that after uh, after a week and a half of this set being out.
0: Yeah, it just kind of became, "Oh, sorry. Uh, you want to pick green? To you you can't cuz no one will let you and then your draft your deck's going to be terrible cuz you won't have any good green cards cuz everyone will take them. Oh man. It's
1: a nice part about draft, I guess, sort of self-correcting. That's true. You know, red was so bad, but eventually people would win with mono red.
0: <laughs> yeah, I thought that was crazy because I did that very early on just to be like, can I play a bunch of red cards and like, you know, do well. And I did, and it was awesome. Um, I didn't realize that it was because red was bad. I thought that was good. <laughs> yeah, I was like, Where did, I played mono red. It has to be good. Um, but, but it is nice that, um, you know, we've had some unplayable colors over the last year in, in draft um, specifically blue and AFR. And it's, yeah. It, it's not like you could just be like, oh, no one's going to draft blue. I'll play mono blue. Like you would get wrecked. Like it just was, no, ba- it was too bad. It, it was too that. bad. Um, also blue doesn't lend itself to like an aggressive strategy like red does. So having red being one of the worst colors was kind of fun. Cause in your pod, you have to decide like, did you ever play hearts? Do you know the, the card game hearts?
1: Uh, yeah, I know of it. I haven't played in so long that I, I don't really remember the strategy to it.
0: Um, well, basically, it's like a trick-taking game, but uh, you if you get a heart in your hand of cards that you take, you, um, you, you basically get a point for each heart you have, and you want the lowest amount of points. However, gotcha. um, inversely, if you happen to take every single heart, and you're the only person that has them, and no one has them, then you shoot the moon, and everyone gets the max amount of points, which is like 23 or something. Um, so it kind of felt like that. Yes. Okay. It kind of felt like that where it's like, I don't really want to take red, but I have to take some, cause I don't want someone to get all of them because they could have a really good draft <laughs> deck if they get all the red cards. <laughs> so it had that fun kind or of...
1: Sometimes you try to shoot the moon yourself, just take all the red cards.
0: That's true. Yeah. And then somebody screws you over by taking, you know, some key piece. You're like, that was supposed to wheel. Why did it, whatever. Um, but that was oh, yeah. fun. I... I did, I did like that. And it still feels like there's a lot to explore in that um, the draft format. It just like there's there's still things that I haven't even figured out yet. But, um, but yeah, which is always nice. For sure. It's good to end a draft format where you're like, I, I could come back to this and it could be completely different.
1: I cooled on it a little bit for a while. I um, was really into it at first. But that just tends to happen with, with me with draft. I draft a lot at the start and then... Then I want to start playing constructed, and I switch over to that.
0: Exactly, um, which is probably a good time to talk about constructed. Jeff, uh, you were doing a lot of brewing this season. Um, how how did your constructed yes. life flourish through <laughs> through Kamigawa?
1: It depends which metric we're using. Uh, I had a lot of fun.
0: Mm. That's the best uh, metric. I didn't so
1: do very well <laughs> 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 because I'm I'm just a sucker for ninjas and reanimator and all these strategies that. Uh, which is maybe aren't exactly tier one. Mm-hmm. And I just keep trying to make them work because they're fun to play. Um, and then there are a lot of like really st- strong decks in the format. Uh, and I tend to build decks that get abs like they just, every deck I build seems to get owned by the wandering emperor and
0: that mm-hmm. card is everywhere. So <laughs> yeah, it's a good card. That's, not it. that's a, yeah. that's a really good card. I do think it's funny because when we started talking about this whole thing back in like our first Sips and pregame episode, we were both talking about ninjutsu and ninjas. And I was certain I was going to play a ton of ninjas. I just knew it. And then I quickly cooled, very quickly, um, just being like, oh, I, um, I'm, I'm not doing well and not enjoying myself. <laughs> and I was, um, it's, it's not a very good deck. I've tried everything.
1: Unless someone has some secret that, that I haven't found yet. There's just one card that cracks the code. Uh, it just seems like you're, you're trying to assemble a puzzle, right? You have to have the right pieces mm-hmm. come together in order for it to be good because it's a synergy deck. And then when you do, it's not even that powerful. Like, it's still not better than the Wandering Emperor. So it's like, I don't know why I'm doing all this work to, yeah. to get something that's like, okay. Yeah. It's like when it all comes together, my deck is pretty good. Yeah.
0: It's pretty sweet. So when all this works, they take three damage instead of one. So.
1: And I get to loot. Mm-hmm. <laughs>
0: so um yeah i definitely felt a lot of that um which was uh kind of a bummer i don't know if some like we needed stronger like saboteur abilities on the on the ninjas or um it's probably just the wrong meta with goldspan dragon and and the wandering emperor but but this is i i you know we should be talking about happy things that's more of a sad thing where i was like oh i was really i'm so happy that i still had a great time yeah and I don't think anyone will say that ninjutsu was bad in any sense because it's still no. so cool. Um, but I was definitely playing it in this. It was much more of a draft kind of archetype uh, in my mind.
1: Yeah, like it, who knows? It's the type of deck that with just more efficient blue and black spells, maybe it gets there. Um, it's just it's not as good as rogues was because it doesn't really play at instant speed. Ninjitsu's mm. sort of like instant but only on your turn kind of thing
0: so yeah it doesn't
1: actually synergize with holding up counter magic but boy is it fun to to ninjutsu in like the thousand faced you know, shadow the drop mm-hmm. and then copy the lord out of nowhere and you're just like boom 13 damage
0: that's <laughs> you awesome you thought you
1: were taking four
0: fuck yeah. you that's sweet <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's still you know it's still fun to get somebody with that like oh you should have blocked oh you didn't block or whatever um which there's some cards we'll talk about a little bit later. But that was uh, the should you, should you not block stuff in draft was awesome. Like the virus beetle thing. Like, yeah. okay, they tag with the virus beetle. Do I, do I block this? Or, you know, there's a couple different cards they can use in blue-black to, like, pump it or kill my thing afterwards. Or they, they can just, like, hit me, pick it, or, like, ninjutsu in something, pick it up, play it again, make me discard something. It's just... Which is great. That's oh, yeah. it. That, And those are the reasons I like pump spells. I like, you know, we've talked about this a lot and it's in uh, core limited, which is just like, how do you block? What should you block? That makes limited really fun to mm-hmm. me. So um, adding ninjutsu. Totally. Awesome. 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 Uh, well, should we talk a little bit about some of the mechanics that they brought and where we started off and where we kind of ended up with each of them? Where do you want to start? let's start with reconfigure because that was one of the new ones that we got. And, um, I was super stoked on this mechanic. Um, so obviously it's fun to, it's the first time we're really, no, that's not true. Sorry. I was going to say it's the first time we're seeing, um, equipment be creatures, but that's wrong. We have living weapons. So, um, <laughs> it's the first time we have like a creature that like is an equipment, but it goes on a creature and then it's not a creature. But then when that creature dies, it becomes a creature. um, so, <laughs>
1: it's the first time we've seen reconfigure
0: <laughs> Yes, exactly. Um, yeah. but uh but yeah, I think I started like very high on this, and I was so stoked for it to be this like it just seems so fun and so cool, but in the end, I think I came off a bit I came off and just like, a, okay, it's a cool new tool we have. I'm excited, I want them to do more of this, but I don't think I was. I was. I think I was hoping more for a constructed, playable thing, and it just wasn't see, uh, yeah. wasn't able to get there for me. Um, and I really wanted like Rabbit Battery to be like everywhere.
1: <laughs> <laughs> There's still a chance. There's yeah. still a chance. Yeah, I uh, I was super high on this, and I still am. I think this mm-hmm. was a lot of fun. It was a great mechanic. Um, I was thinking of it as mostly a limited mechanic, always, mm-hmm. uh, other than pretty much rabbit battery like yeah maybe the, I think some people were hyped on like the black mythic rare maybe it makes black aggro good or something mm-hmm. but when it, I remember looking through it I'm like pretty much only rabbit battery could be in constructed right because everything yeah. else costs like four to
0: to, to reconfigure um, you know what it is yeah. it's because I played with cloud steel Kieran so much at the beginning and uh, <laughs> I was like sick this card's awesome and then I would just keep losing and I was like <laughs> I mean, its just—it could easily just be that one card <laughs> that made me be like, maybe I don't like reconfigure nearly as much as I thought because I was so high on it at the beginning that uh, I lost quite a few drafts playing that card. <laughs>
1: Yeah. I Meanwhile, a- I was just drafting the stupid monkey all the time. Like, <laughs> so many of them all the time and somehow did pretty well. So it's like-
0: oh, I should have drafted more stupid monkeys. I should have played more mono red, honestly. Yeah. Um, but you know, you
1: mono red monkeys, man. That was the, the secret to the, the draft archetype that nobody talks about.
0: Yeah. Um, but with that, we got modified, which I think this is just one of those things that it just feels like an update. It's like when they added mill. It's just like, sweet, now we have a word for yeah. this. And because we're gonna see more of this. There's no way they just get rid of modified. Like, this will I feel like they're gonna they're gonna keep this up. It's to some degree. Obviously not as as a as a what is it, keyword? No, is it green, evergreen? It's not gonna be as like, oh, deciduous, I think that's what it's called, as like um mill. But mm-hmm. having this this word be at their disposal as another tool seems really great. And I'm I'm very happy that we have it.
1: Yeah, totally. That's that's perfectly said. There's not much more to put. It's just like these mechanics that just describe, like I forget what they call them, but when you just combine a few words and mm-hmm. it's just a word that means any one of those, when they're really intuitive like this, it uh, it always tends to work pretty well. Like, oh, what would a modified creature be? Like, I don't know, something that's been changed it has an aura or it has a plus one plus one counter or it has an equipment. Mm-hmm. Like just from the word, you pretty much know more or less what it is. So exactly. it's not one of those weird things where you have to learn new stuff. It really already kind of just makes sense. And it's just cool to have them have the option to reward you for, you know. Sometimes it's hard to build like an all plus one plus one counters deck. Or, you know, for some, for most people, they don't want to play an all auras deck. So um, you have to have more options. And this is just, especially for limited, really, really nice.
0: Yeah. Um, and I'm, I'm thinking because we recently, this last week, had Dominaria draft on Arena, um, which reminded me of Historic, which was the mechanic where you play Historic spells. Um, and I had to look it up because I couldn't remember what that meant. I was like, okay, so yeah. <laughs> is Saga's part of this? I can't remember anymore if it was. Um, and so that was kind of one of those... Okay, how do I click on the card so it tells me what the mechanic does? Because I turned off (laughs) what the mechanics do, right? Um, So I had to like right click it or something, and halfway through to be like, oh, did I do this right? Um, So I I'm thinking that modified, I won't have that problem, and I don't. I think that you can easily a little more intuitive. It's a bit more intuitive and a little easier to slip into stuff. So um, sweet, love to see all those new things. Um, But do you? So we talked about the flip sagas earlier. But um, mm-hmm. this seems like it's the kind of thing that we're gonna, we're gonna keep in Kamigawa. Like, these don't... Some people have said, oh, it might be some power creep or something. And um, like, how do you go away from sagas that flip into creatures? And I feel like, I don't think we're gonna have that problem. I think
1: these... <laughs> what do these, you mean you
0: just just go back to
1: sagas that don't flip into creatures? Yeah, it's <laughs> super
0: easy. Um, yeah. And these were, but these were so sweet. And every time now when it, like you're playing gets a saga that doesn't turn into a creature, I'm like, phew. Oh, that's nice. I don't have to, Oh, that's just yeah. going to go away. Oh man!
1: <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> Meanwhile, at the start of the format, I
1: was like, why do I have so few creatures? And then my saga would transform into one. I'm like, Oh, right. Yeah. 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 I, was, I remember that that was going to happen.
0: I think the last draft I did, I was, uh, it was like kind of Abzan enchantment stuff. Um, and there was a point where I'm like, I only have one creature, what's going on? And then the next turn, like, I just, like, two different sagas flip, and then I had one more that was about to flip, I'm yeah. like, oh, nice, <laughs> six, 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 cool, 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 Right, yes. Okay, <laughs> <This laughs> yeah,
1: is... I wasn't as far behind as I thought. <laughs> no,
0: I just had to wait.
1: <laughs> yeah. But yeah, totally, I think they could do something like this in the future, you know, but they don't have to, and they probably won't. It, like, maybe we'll get one or two in in the next, you know, year or whatever, but... I don't see any reason that they have to do this.
0: No, absolutely not. Um but with this set I think it was perfect. They really they really hit it. Um and I think with all the um the balance on it too, none of them felt crazy oppressive. Uh they do have a lot of value, but it was it was they're good. And and just in a
1: it's slow value, it's right? It's slow it takes value. A long
0: time. And some of them were just like, Oh, this second chapter doesn't apply to anything or um, okay, it maybe like I love basically the era of enlightenment where it's like you scry two and you gain two life and then you get a two two first striker. It just felt very like altogether it becomes like really great, but like each bit doesn't feel really worth a card. Right. <laughs> but altogether it's like, yeah, yeah, that's yeah, definitely. Especially since,
1: since the two twos coming out on like turn five.
0: Yeah. You know? And you're like normally you're like, Oh, that's not uh, not exactly what I'm looking for, but um but it still mm-hmm. was was really nice especially when you're were playing around with like counters or equipment and things you're like, well first strike is really nice." Um especially yeah, if you <laughs> first <strike is> nice. <laughs> it's real <laughs> nice.
1: Yeah, these were great and I think going forward it's just another tool in their arsenal of if it's really flavorful to have a a story and then it flips into uh you know some sort of legendary creature of some sort, they'll do it again. But yeah. It, it just, there's no reason that this has to be what sagas look like from now on. Exactly. I don't really understand that argument.
0: Yeah. I, <laughs> but there are a lot of arguments that I don't completely understand, so. Um, <laughs> but we talked a bit about ninjutsu already, which we love, and uh, happy it's back, but it, you know, it's the kind of thing we can only have every once in a while, and is very specific to Kamigawa, so. No surprises. Um, it was great. It was really, yeah, it was great. Um, and channel. I think they really, really hit it out of the park with channel this time. This was, this was awesome. I love it. I, I went kind of low to really high on this.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I was kind of surprised they did channel because like we were talking about originally, it sort of feels like double faced cards, but just a different execution of it. Like, oh, it's a creature that you sometimes cast as a spell or it's a land that you sometimes cast as a spell. If you don't need the land, it's like, sure we all get the value of that but don't double-faced cards just do this kind of in a cleaner way um but the channel just the fact that it isn't isn't as actually a spell makes it di- makes it feel different enough to me like the the one i play with and against by far the most is Igonjo, mm-hmm. Uh just as, as a standard player um and it really matters that that's not a spell <laughs> <Blake>. <laughs> yes that really matters so uh i think yeah exactly channel turned out way better than i thought i kind of came in pretty like meh and maybe like a couple of question marks on top of my head being like why did they do this um but after playing with it i'm like yeah that they were right this is this is more fun given that we've had so many like double faced cards recently it was more fun to do this than
0: Exactly. Just Another double face card with, with double face like yeah. sagas and everything already. And like modal stuff. It's nice to see like an easier, cleaner way. It feels really clean. Saves on text, you know? Oh, exactly. Um, always happy when they save room, uh, with like not as much text. Cause I will not read it. <laughs> the amount of times I forget. <laughs> I would I like, I constantly forget that a ganjo cut or all the lands cost less to channel for legendary creatures you have. Um, Always, oh, yeah. Always free. <laughs> It
1: comes up so rarely for me that mm-hmm. I just never remember that. And then I'm like, oh, yeah, they they can't Aiganjo me. They only have two mana, like attack, and then Aiganjo. It's like, wait, what? Wait, what? <laughs> um,
0: though I do love when they forget that it's only creatures and not legendary planeswalkers. Yep. Because they'll be yep. like, oh, well, you know, I have a uh, my wandering emperors out, so I'll be fine. And you're like, no, no, yeah, no. Sorry. Uh, so. It's always
1: the Thalia sitting on like the left, far left of the screen that I forgot about that gets me with the Igonjo. Like, yeah. fuck, stupid Thalia. <laughs>
0: <sighs> Freaking Thalia. Uh, so sweet, though. <laughs> um, yeah. But uh, I will say, of all of those channel lands, in Standard, we see a ganjo by far the most.
1: I mean, I play the black one the most. But <laughs> that just uh,
0: <laughs> might have something to do with me. Just want to remind everyone, that, uh, you know, sure, Boseju is great and modern and legacy and probably vintage and commander and, and stuff. But on Arena, we're still playing it. Ganjo is the most uh, played one. So
1: just, you know. Uh,
0: Boseju is probably second. It Yes, it is second. But it's not first. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but anyway, I, I kind of wanted to close this whole thing out with... Um, I think when we first were talking about all the mechanics, we didn't talk about the samurai one at all because it doesn't have a keyword. Um, right. How, how did they fuck this one up? <laughs> how did they do this?
1: <laughs> so the samurai quote-unquote keyword is like exalted, but for those of you that you know are as old as me, uh, exalted was just plus one, plus one whenever a creature attacks alone. And so they did more of like a, Let's get liberal with the bonuses we're giving. It's not always plus one plus one. And uh but it has to be a samurai or warrior that attacks alone, not just exalted was any creature attacking alone. Um so they kind of played on the exalted mechanic. And it's just a weird mechanic to put on like an aggressive tribe. Mm-hmm. Like it I thought coming in, my theory was, oh, that could be kind of cool you have a decision. Is it like better to attack with just one creature and get the bonuses or attack with all creatures? You don't get your whatever lifelink or something. Um, and you maybe get th- through more damage, but in practice, it was always just like really clear which one to do. Like, Oh, I can only attack with one creature. So I will. And then your default, the rest of the time is just attack with everything. Cause it's better than attacking with just your two, two. Like, it was a weird thing to put on, like, a tribe that was leaning very aggressive because it just... The way it ended up playing out was, like, whatever, attack all. Yeah. <laughs> my my crazy, you know, dual uh, color warrior samurai is just a 3-3. Three, three. Don't worry about it. But the, yeah. It's, <laughs> their ability is not going to come up.
0: If you, <laughs> if you don't block, it becomes indestructible, so... <laughs> like... <laughs> yeah, um, I do think that the only... Like, the cards that were the worst to play against, really, because I didn't really play this deck, to be fair. I just, like, quickly was like, I don't really want to do that, and I just ended up never playing it. Um, Until playing against it recently when I bumped down into bronze, and I kept losing. I kept losing to the samurai deck over and over again. I was like, (laughs) oh, my God. Wow, it just seems like everyone who's in like platinum doesn't play samurais, and then if you're in bronze, they play, and I just completely forgot, and I just like didn't prepare for that yeah, matchup. I don't know
1: what any of these cards do? I was like, what is
0: going on? The Asari Captain, that the the five uh, mana uh, white red card that like pumps the one f- like plus one plus zero for each samurai you control. That scales pretty quickly, right? Because in this format, we got a lot of for limited, we got a lot of like. Uh, board stallish areas and if you can just turn any samurai into like a giant beater that's just like I attack for a bunch if you don't block you lose nine but if you do block I guess we trade and then I'll attack for eight next turn and you're like oh god (laughs) that ended up being annoying um but uh but yeah just
1: needed like a trampler they needed a big trampling samurai or something Mm -hmm. to make it more interesting and whether I should attack with one it's like one big trampler or five little weenies like even the samurai card made three two two samurais
0: that was the
1: samurai deck wants one big creature i don't understand
0: i think this yeah that was the dumbest thing because imperial oath ended up being one of like the best cards in draft which is the so weird because it's like a six mana white <laughs> yeah. sorcery was it a sorcery was it an instant it was a sorcery and uh, it was sorcery for yeah sure. and it just seemed like such a piece of shit you know when you look at it you're like this trash but then the format ended up being all about like you know making sure you had all the creatures were fairly small so getting three off of one card was a big deal
1: right two twos were actually relevant on turn six whereas Mm -hmm. like a lot of the time a card like that you look at it you're like how relevant are these two twos when it's that late in the game anyways. It's like if I even though there's three of them, it's like, you know, three zeros is still zero.
0: It's cool that that there's a lot of cool things that happen in that draft format. I think it's that is what I'm probably gonna remember the most about limited is oh yeah and that fucking six mana white sorcery ended up being like one of the best cards i thought you're gonna say the
1: thing you're the only thing you'll remember about the format is the stupid samurai mechanic <laughs> <laughs> like, oh that's a shame <laughs> that,
0: that would be a shame i, I i'm sure that if people are like you know years from now when people are like oh we're gonna do a flashback uh neon dynasty draft would be like just don't play white red um just <laughs> just don't But, uh, or I might just, I probably just remember like, hey, red isn't great unless you're all red. I'll leave you with my last
1: thoughts about the samurai mechanic. Uh, This happened to me not too long ago. I actually drafted samurais and I was playing and there was a game when I was playing and I was just like, man, like I wish this card just had Bushido instead of uh, these (laughs) buffs from the other stuff. And then I was like, man, I never thought I would miss Bushido (laughs) as a mechanic. (laughs) This samurai mechanic made me miss Bushido. And then I was thinking, you know what? If I just had, like, a couple of creatures with Bushido, this buffing the single attacker would be so much better because they they would have such a hard time blocking my Bushido guy, and then I get to attack alone and get all the buffs. So it's like I get that they're trying to do it where it plays nicely together for, like, commander folk to build their samurai deck or something. But in as far as a limited player... I would have just liked Bushido, believe yeah. it or not.
0: Yeah, and with that, um, they did give a creature Bushido, but it was green. And why why does the only samurai in green get Bushido? Like, and then um, also it just felt. I know it was supposed to be more helpful, and it makes it easier, and and maybe some of these cards can go into party decks or whatever. But having the samurai or warrior felt just like lame. Yeah, a little lame. Um, it does work better that way, but, um, it also makes me, it adds cards, sorry, adds cards to the word. It adds words to the card, which makes me just not want to read it as much. So <laughs>
1: <laughs> but maybe that's why you always lose to the samurai.
0: Probably. Kids, yeah. I don't know. Don't
1: read the cards cause they're too long because of that. Or warrior. Yep. Yeah. Uh,
0: I don't read any magic cards. I don't know how to play. Um,
1: <laughs> you just learn by association, like what a card seems to do when, you, when it's in the game.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I also don't math. I don't know math at all. I don't know numbers. I just kind of guess. I don't count. I don't know how to do that.
1: I just attack. And if, if they die after the attack, I win. If, if I die after the attack, I lose. That's
0: basically how I play magic. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, But with that, Jeff, let's go to a beer break. This beer break is brought to you by our patrons over at Patreon.
1: That's right. You're already supporting the show just by being a listener, but if you want to support the show even more, the Patreon is the best way to do that.
0: And when you become a patron, you get an exclusive invite to our after party, which is a mini episode recorded immediately after this one where we, uh, you know, talk about stuff.
1: Plus, you get to vote on which one of us you like more by buying me a beer.
0: Or buying me a beer. So go to patreon.com slash arena regulars to vote on your favorite host right now. Oh, interesting. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy, Jeff. Do we have something tonight?
1: Oh my god, it's so viscous. It's so thick. Oh my god. Oh no. <laughs> so All right, Zach, what, what have you subjected us to?
0: <laughs> All right. Um <laughs> Oh, no. Um, So, uh, of course, if there is a really weird beer on the menu, I have to pick it. I I have to pick it. So, this is Indie Alehouse's collaboration with Third Moon, and it's called Bequeathed. And it is a pastry stout. I've never heard of a pastry stout before. And it's made with peanut butter, grape jelly, and bananas. Oh, no. (laughs) (laughs) Um, If you're a fan of this show, you know that my only bronze beer I've really ever tasted was a peanut butter milkshake stout, or I can't remember, IPA or something. And uh, so I'm really worried about this one because peanut butter is not my favorite thing in beer, and I also don't really like bananas very much. But it is 11.2%, so maybe the alcohol will kind of drown out some of those flavors, (laughs) You know, I've had a lot of
1: beers, a surprising amount of beers that have banana in them or like are meant to taste like banana, and I've never liked it. I don't Mm -hmm. think banana and beer go together. I don't know why people keep trying it. So I'm really curious about this one.
0: Yeah. um, I like the idea of a PB&J beer. The PB part, I I don't know if I like peanut butter and beer, but uh, in any case, this has both (laughs) lactose and peanuts in it. So if you are either allergic to either of those, um, watch out. (laughs) Um... You might not even be able to
1: listen to this. No, it's it's that (laughs) intense. too many allergies.
0: Yeah, Yeah. the the picture on the can is a, like, a skeleton hand holding the sandwich with jelly kind of pouring out of it. So, all right, Jeff, you ready for the first sip of this monster? (sighs) Let's do it. All right, here we go. Good luck. Okay. All right, we can continue the episode. I don't think I'm... I I already have a lot to say about this beer. Yeah, I, I... so, uh, anyway, um, before we get to that, let's get into some of our worth-a-slots. We are looking back to our First Sips episode to see which cards we thought were worth a slot in your standard deck, or maybe other decks that Zach just decided we could talk about, and um, seeing if they were indeed worth a slot or not. Jeff, I'm just going to start. I'm going to start. Um, sure. Talking about uh, this home run slam dunk of a pick I had, which is probably the cheapest shot I ever took. Uh, but I did pick the wandering emperor. Um, I knew that it was uh, a shoe in, so I just didn't want to be wrong. Uh, I think I've been wrong for a couple episodes. Uh, there's been a few happy hours where I've been like, "Nah." so, uh, I just needed a win. I needed a win. And so I took one.
1: I, I remember like, I'm getting flashbacks to like a year ago when I remember you picking Doomscar, and I had to roll my eyes at that one. Like this <laughs> was way more egregious. <laughs> <laughs>
0: And Doomscar's not even that good, so yeah. I mean, Doomscar didn't, turned out not to be
1: that good. But uh, if this one wouldn't, if this one turned out to not be good somehow, I don't know what I would have done. Yeah,
0: but uh, <laughs> I would have
1: had to quit playing Magic because <laughs> I clearly don't understand anything about it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, I took the easy road out. So, um, so yeah, Jeff, what was your what was your layup?
1: All right, I would say. If, if forced to choose now, I might have missed this layup. But I'm still hopeful that there's still time. I chose Thundering Raiju. And I know our listeners are saying, what card is that? And that's evidence that I missed the layup. But mm-hmm. uh, this is the 3-3 the three, three Haster that like pings your opponent. Between this and Rabbit Battery, I was sure that Mono Red would at least be Tier 2, if not Tier 1. And I guess that hasn't really materialized. I wonder if the removal is just too good for a creature-based, like, aggro deck like that that doesn't have resiliency, like Mono White has resiliency against it mm-hmm. um, to really succeed in the current metagame. But I maintain that uh, Kamigawa brought a bunch of really solid red cards, so if we see some just a few more really top tier red cards in the next set. This could all of a sudden not look like such an embarrassing pick.
0: uh, I just think it was because mono white was so awesome that it was really difficult for uh
1: aggro players (laughs) to be
0: like, well, I should just, if I'm going to play aggro, I should just play white. Why would I play red? So um, that makes sense. But I mean,
1: white is just like better against removal because it has Thalia, it has Polo, it has Mm -hmm. like... The Wandering Emperor. The red deck's kind of like, yeah, if if you just one for one, them the whole time, the red deck's not in the best shape.
0: Yeah. Um, my three pointer for this set was Oni Cult Anvil, which I also kind of stole from you because I know you would have wanted to talk about that card. So, um,
1: 100% was going to pick that card. But
0: But, you know, it it turns out, so this card, uh, does have a deck around it. It's like tier two or so. Um, but still, Mm -hmm. still around, uh, it's, it's in alchemy. Um, so it's a uh it's definitely a card. It's definitely a card that's uh worth a slot in your deck, but I think yours made a bigger splash, really did. Um you you won this, this Yeah, this. one
1: thing else I'll say about only cult anvil is I still definitely groan like it, like it still makes me go, Oh when my opponent goes turn one, like Voldaren uh you know, the one one that makes the initiate, yeah. The blood and then they go into only cult anvil. I'm like, Screw you. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> uh yeah uh, so my three pointer was hinata dawn crowned um which did a lot of cool stuff in both alchemy and standard and even and? historic some people ported it into historic which is mm-hmm. cool um yeah this i was really hoping that this card was actually gonna do something relevant like it's one of those cards where you can see the upside, right? You're like, oh, man, you can cast all these awesome spells. It's so good with skull Smashing that you want to play anyways. Stuff like that. But then sometimes cards like this just kind of like wah, wah. So I'm glad to see that that didn't happen for this one.
0: Yeah. No, you were definitely right. I was worried that that one would just be a meme. So I try to steer clear from it. Mm-hmm. But that was a tournament deck. It has
1: a bit of a meme quality, right?
0: Mm-hmm. But, uh but uh it, it there's a lot you had mentioned it in our first tips episode and there are a lot more use cases for that card um being awesome than uh than what uh what it just looks like on the face so it's uh it's good it's really yeah good.
1: you're imagining magma opus like everyone's mm-hmm. mind immediately jumps there but then the small stuff like the gate only costs one now it's easy to overlook that and then when you're playing against it you're like wow that's really important
0: yeah really really important um Half-court shots. Here we go. Of course I picked my oh boy. My boy uh, yeah. <laughs> I did,
1: picked... did we take any half-court shots? I don't remember taking any half-court shots. We
0: did. We or... did. I want you to remember that we did. Oh. Um, I, so my half-court shot was Light pause, um, which in standard did um, not great, not good at all. I was hoping for like an Azorius Oris kind of deck, and it's um, not great. It's also... Um, Probably it it is played in Historic, but um, the more uh, winning deck lists, we're not playing Light Paws. So I don't know. I I don't know about my boy. I like him. I like him. But uh, I think you're underselling it in Standard a bit. People
1: tried it in Runes and realized it sucked. Yes. So they actually did try it. (laughs)
0: But that means it wasn't worth a slot. Because they t- had to take it out I, I feel
1: like you hit the backboard, you know? Yeah. Like, oh, I'm yeah. I'm not going to say you hit the rim. I'm not going to say it went in. But you no, I, hit the backboard.
0: no, I think what it was is it was nothing but net, but it was like the front of the net. where. <laughs> where oh, yeah, it was one of those. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There
1: there. I, I, I make that shot all the time. Yeah. <laughs>
0: where you talk to your buddy, you're like, well, it was nothing but net. And then they laugh, and then they're like, you're an idiot, you <laughs> suck a <up> basketball. <laughs> um, but my shot didn't even hit
1: anything resemble it wasn't even <laughs> the correct direction so uh <laughs> i chose spirit sister's call which was the three black white enchantment that like reanimates shit every turn um i knew this card wasn't gonna be good though like let's yeah. be honest i just oh. really liked it so i yeah. wanted to talk about it and i would have loved if there were a world where like somebody played one of these in a tournament deck you know that's kind of what my my highest possible hopes were for this and I wouldn't say that I achieved those dreams, but uh Yeah. I stand by that.
0: Uh this is me once again saying, I really hope you didn't craft any of these with your wild cards, because boy Yes. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I think uh, I gave that disclaimer when I we did it. like nobody listened to me, don't craft
0: it. Yeah, we, we <laughs> did talk about that, so it's good to remember that. Um we've talked a little bit about our our overrated cards already. Um, Boseiju, who endures, I think was overhyped and overrated at the beginning, and now it has cleanly. It's uh, very good at where it's at. It's like yes, it's worth a slot in your deck, but everyone was thinking it was this absurd card that uh, right. It's, it's just on arena. This is uh, a classic example of you know people are gonna like
1: oh Zach, you were wrong. This card is good, and it's like that's not what overrated means. He, mm-hmm. Like the hype around this card was insane. It was like the best card in the set by a lot for a lot of people, and so it ended up just being good. And so I think you were right to say that this is one of the most overrated cards in the set. Yeah,
0: it's a good card. I said it was a good card. It will have use cases, but it's not the naturalize in your deck that you think it is. Just it's just it's an emergency. It's an emergency one, but yeah. you can't just use it willy nilly and well, be like, we're good. Exactly. It's one of my pet peeves. People not understanding
1: what the word "overrated" means because it'll always mm-hmm. be like, "You said this sucks." I'm like, "No, I didn't. I said it was overrated." Most things that are overrated are good. Otherwise, yeah. you wouldn't be. They wouldn't be so highly rated. You know, it's like I'm not saying it's bad. I'm saying that people think it's really good, and it's just pretty good. Pretty you know? good. Yeah,
0: it's kind of like in um, in movies when people. I think I've talked about this on the podcast before, but talking about underrated movies and most of the time that list <laughs> is just a list of underwatched movies. It's like these are movies people right. haven't really seen, but, but they're are, good. But
1: actually are very highly rated. <laughs> yeah, that
0: are very good. But it's like no, people just haven't seen it. It doesn't mean it's a movie people watched and didn't appreciate. It means it's a movie people didn't know existed. So um that's not the same. Right.
1: <laughs> that's
0: not uh, that's not what underrated means. It's it's not it's about, it means people rate it
1: lower than they should. Unless you think of like I've never heard of that movie as being too low a rating, I guess, but that's a weird interpretation.
0: Yeah, it's 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 just, it feels clickbaity, which, um, you know, Jeff, maybe we should be a little bit better at clickbaity stuff. You know what? Yes, yeah, you're yeah, right. Yeah, let's get on
1: that clickbaity. <laughs> we should. We should. Now, with all that discussion of what the word overrated means, um, for my choice, I picked a card that actually does suck. So uh, that's <laughs> Reckoner <laughs> Bankbuster. <laughs> and when I say this card is overrated, I mean it's bad, and some people think it's not. Bad, um, <laughs> and that includes pro players. So I'm probably wrong. There are a lot of, like I think PV wrote about how he liked regular bankbusters. It weakened my position a little bit, but uh no, I think this card stinks. People are like, "Oh man, it's almost as good as uh <laughs> what's that card that everyone loved?" That Maze Mind Tome. Sucked? Maze yeah. Mind Tome. Yeah, it's like it's almost as good as Maze Mind's Tome. I'm like, exactly. It's not even as good as Maze Mind's Tome. <laughs> Which that card is awful? So. <laughs> uh yeah i stand by this one too many people are playing it i see it in like aggro decks i see it in control decks i see it in like you know <laughs> any deck that has a wandering emperor which is uh every deck uh play, mm-hmm. seems to play like one reckoner bankbuster for some reason and i can't seem to understand why because i win a lot of games because my opponent cast a reckoner bankbuster that didn't do anything
0: yeah my uh my stance on it is if you're not playing tezzeret you shouldn't be playing reckoner bankbuster and that's uh that's how I feel.
1: Yeah. Maybe I could be convinced in like an artifact themed Tezzeret deck that you want this card, but it has it. to satisfy like everything it has to be you want an artifact you want a vehicle you want a really shitty card draw engine like <laughs> you need to want every part of the card cuz individually none of the parts are good enough so you need, i guess that's really
0: it needs true to be a whole like why aren't you just playing thirst for knowledge and then like all right that's it <laughs> you know if you're in like exactly. an artifact deck like that
1: and the same argument with uh, maze mind's tome just compare it to the uh, uh, the multiverse card. See the multiverse? No, oh, oh,
0: no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, the, yeah, the one from time. Behold.
1: Right. Behold the
0: multiverse. Behold the multiverse. So,
1: Behold the multiverse, you pay two up front, and then you pay two later, and you get to scry twice and draw two cards. You pay eight to do that with a maze mind tome.
0: To but you gain right? four life?
1: Or, sorry, sorry, it takes four turns, but you, mm-hmm. it costs the same, right? You draw... You can tap it to scry or tap two to draw. Mm-hmm. Tap and two to draw. So I forget how these mine top works. But yeah. I think you can tap it to scry and then pay two and tap it to that, draw. That, it.
0: That's correct, yeah. Um, but no matter what, you put the so counter on the exact on same
1: it. effect takes you f- four turns instead mm-hmm. of just one, right? And it's like, how how is this card not just way better than Maze Mind Tome. And it's more vulnerable, right? Because you could destroy the artifact.
0: Now we know that Jeff doesn't like artifacts that uh, <laughs> tap to pay two <laughs> and tap it to draw a card, and then sack themselves later. Um, I'm not a J and a
1: Tome kind of guy, and that was unlimited. You were allowed to do it as many times as you wanted.
0: <laughs> yeah, um, so underrated cards. Uh, these are cards that uh, people rated and then uh, should have been playing at a higher rate. Um, I chose Grease Fang, Okiba Boss, which I still love, and is still awesome, um, but I think it made a deck. That's what I wanted. I don't think that, uh, it's fantastic, but it's cool, and, and, something else I'll, uh, no, 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 I'll talk about it right now. I'm excited, because, so I was playing Grease Fang in Historic with a, um, Uh, An Esper deck. Now that the Obscura are coming out, we did get to see a charm that brings back a three-drop creature from the graveyard to the battlefield. So if uh, Uh you accidentally discard your Grease Fang, you can get it back with that card. It's uh, true, you know, too bad, you know, rest in peace exists and you know a bunch of other graveyard hate shit that uh, really fucks over that, <laughs> Still has uh, the that same deck. Weaknesses. It does but uh, it has an extra way of getting a different piece out of the car out of the graveyard So, um, maybe it could be cool. Yeah,
1: this is a card by the way that I see reanimating Reckoner Bankbuster way too often. <laughs> 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 like at least in that deck Okay, maybe you play Reckoner Bankbuster to loot stuff or whatever, mm-hmm. but uh don't reanimate it with the Grease Fang, guys. Just, if you have no other targets, just don't even do it. Don't play you know, It's just play it. embarrassing. It's true. <laughs> um,
0: yeah. But Jeff, I still think your underrated card is, you kind of feel still underrated.
1: Yeah, I'm happy with this choice. I chose Kaito, uh, which I think is a good card. And I think you're right, it's still a little bit underrated. People are starting to play this, like, Esper Planeswalker deck in standard. Um, it's getting really popular. And mm-hmm. it's basically just, like, kaito into the wandering emperor into esper shenanigans mm-hmm. um, and then like all the black Blainswalkers on five are really strong so it's yeah. like you know kaito wandering emperor whatever Lolf. it's just very hard to beat it's just gonna get better
0: um, just gonna get better that's this, right yeah. uh,
1: and you can return kaito with with the new esper charm you were talking Ooh. about so uh yeah i think I think people are going to start to, to play more and more Kaito as things move forward. Happy with this choice. Stand by it. I, th- I think it's still underrated, actually, even though its uh, stock has risen uh, a reasonable amount
0: since, yeah. since we last talked about it. Just revisiting all those things. You know, for the most part, we did a pretty good job. Um, we're moving into our favorite cards. Not bad. Yeah. Uh, so these cards are ones that are our favorites. Um, it doesn't mean they're good or they're bad. We just think they're our favorites. Um, though most of mine are pretty good because I tend to like the cards that are good. Um, <laughs> as, as do as do we all. Yeah. Just for the most part. Um, Jeff, I got to pick first for our first sip. So I just thought it'd be nice if I let you pick first for all your favorites. You know, go ahead.
1: Okay. All right. So we'll start with uh, standard. Oh no, we'll start with limited. Let's we'll start with limited. Yeah. Uh, I nice. have kind of an interesting choice for limited, um, you were saying it's not necessarily the best card, but I think it is good. It's just my favorite. And for whatever reason, I always had so much trouble passing a leech gauntlet. <laughs> that was the card that would show up, and I'd be like, fuck, are we are we switching into black in pack three? It's like <laughs> but I'd still be like, that'd be going on in the back of my mind. You know, there's always that one card that you just love to play with. You're like, that's my card for this format uh leech gauntlet's got to be my most drafted uncommon anytime i saw it i'd be like i definitely prioritized it way too highly like sometimes i'd take it even over some of the really good green uncommons just because i like it uh and in the end it was just like pretty good (laughs) but i just love this card
0: oh leech gauntlet is sweet and also a big like yeah um really great with for configure just because you're like oh i'm gonna gain life forever if you're in this weird race you're like oh i'm i'm gonna be fine um Strong card. I think it just
1: won me so many games, like in the first week, and that was above expectation. Like it was just performing above its you know, standard, and I just associated it with that really high bar, and then just always took Leech Gauntlet. And <laughs> it, it's also just like a cool card. I think I, I like reconfigure as an ability. Mm-hmm. The idea of this like Gauntlet that drains life that you put onto some some ninja is always really cool. So uh,
0: that kind of feels it's a sweet card. Kind of feels like the the black suit in Spider-Man, like the alien one, um, just jumping onto different right. people and like sucking their life. That's cool. I like that. My favorite limited card is a card I actually didn't really play with at all, um, but it happened to be my favorite because um, I was just so excited that this card could be good or in your deck in this <laughs> format, which was suit up. I... <laughs> nice. I always thought these effects were really interesting Of like a weird pump spell That like just changes your, your Creature's power and toughness uh, Especially when there's plus one plus one counters around It's kind of funny when it's like Is bigger than the card says it will be um, And it turns out that you just need to add Draw a card at the bottom to make this card a lot better but um it's always one yeah, of those that really
1: changes things
0: yeah <laughs> so um you know anytime there's a pump spell that says draw a card do you know how i liked that one meta red one that was plus one plus zero and trample and draw a card uh, from uh, crimson vow but like get it got really better if you had a bunch of them but anyway pump spells you that... know
1: how much i loved that blue wizard one from zendikar rising yeah you have like minus two minus zero, and draw card so, yeah baby yeah it's fucking
0: great <laughs> Um, I just loved that this one was the transmogrify-ish type. Um, it's not transmogrify, but it makes it seem like it in my mind where it's like attacking and then turns into something else. Um, I just thought that.
1: Uh, I-, I thought for sure you were going to choose Dragonfly Suit, but uh,
0: I was so close. I, I was so close to picking <laughs> Dragonfly Suit, <laughs> but I decided. You know what? I should pick a card that I actually like respect <laughs> on any level. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
1: Or maybe Cloudsteel Kieran would have been my next guess. But suit up makes
0: sense. (laughs) Suit up. Uh, Jeff, let's go to standard. What was your favorite standard card?
1: All right. Standard, there there can be no. I didn't really have a choice. I have to choose the card that I've been having by far the most fun with. Uh, And some of the most fun I've had in uh, quite a long time. So uh, kudos to this card. And that would be Invoke Justice. So this is one white, 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 white sorcery. And it returns a permanent card from your graveyard to the battlefield. And then you get to put four plus one plus one counters. Just put them all over the place. Uh, pairing this with the uh, Lorehold uh, Dragon. It's just sweet because you get a 9-9 Flying Haste Vigilance that casts a spell off the top of your deck with mana value 9 or less. And uh, that's just been a great time. Even if the deck is not that good, I'm just having a great time with it. So. Uh, this card is sweet. I love Reanimator, and this is a fun version of it. I like that it feels white because it can return any permanent. So sometimes I get the Wandering Emperor. I have a Battle of Frost and Flame, Frost and Fire, as mm-hmm. my sweeper. That sometimes I get back and wipe the board. Uh, it's just a good time.
0: That's sweet. That's so cool. I also love that you picked a, a, a super white card. Like, you have to be so yeah. <laughs> white. It's the whitest card.
1: <laughs> I don't know if I've ever picked a white card as my favorite ever, let alone quadruple white.
0: I don't know if you've ever picked a white card for anything we've ever talked about ever.
1: <laughs> yeah, if yeah, I've ever even mentioned a white card. <laughs> Other than the Wandering Emperor in every episode since it's come out.
0: That is true, but... Um, yeah that's sweet um i definitely want to see that list i haven't seen it yet so um i've been waiting for you to um brew with it i'm excited to see the upgrades for the with the next set so um if it's multi-colors yes it's gonna be a lot easier to cast some things too i think so um it can probably get some yeah it's super greedy i'm trying to
1: play like expressive iteration which is blue red and then also one white, 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 fan white. Maybe a little green even.
0: Uh, well, but. as soon as we get the new triumphs, it'll be a lot easier. Sorry, the new right. Tri-Lands or the new whatever jet mirrors. There's no Jess
1: guy one, right? They already they already had that one.
0: It's yes, it's there's no Jess guy one. But you get to play. That means you get to play all the other ones instead. Um,
1: yeah, that's
0: right. And just extra, re- add more colors. Why not? Um, for standard, I think it's probably fairy, uh, fairy. Fairly uh, easy to to see that um, Kami of Transience was my favorite card. Um, being able to mm-hmm. uh, slot right into an Aura's deck and standard, I loved Runes um, when that came out. It was so much fun, and that's uh, just it's a nice card, very resilient as well. Having that extra ability to come back after it gets killed, um, or if something else gets killed with an Aura, it uh, ugh, so nice. So. Uh, yeah, go tall, everyone.
1: Yeah, that's a, that's a good choice. Uh, so let's move on to alchemy. I had kind of a tough time with alchemy because, uh, as you know, I, I heard someone say it's a bit of a dumpster fire. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't, couldn't agree more with that. And so I'm trying to, like, think of when I played alchemy a few weeks before it really went down the drain in terms of you always playing against the same thing. And then once I did that, there were actually a few different options for, for what I could choose. I think in the end, I just have to go with, uh, you know, f- kind of following in your footsteps here. I, I picked Jukai Naturalist, actually. Okay. Um, just because this deck kind of started in alchemy and then everyone realized it was just a standard deck. And so they ported it over to standard, which I think is really cool that it started in alchemy it was beating the better the stronger alchemy decks and the people were like wait a minute there are no alchemy cards in this and so they just started playing it in standard um, and this was sort of the deck to beat before black midrange completely took over mm-hmm. in, in alchemy so um, this this card along with you know your pick and a few others from this set really helped shape the the meta game of both standard and alchemy and uh, so i picked just, just like this card a lot, too. It's just clean design. 2-2 lifelink makes stuff cheaper.
0: It's great. Nice. Oh, I love it. It's, uh, Yeah, that's a good one. Also close to my heart with the enchantment stuff. Really fun. Um, my pick for alchemy uh, kind of leans into what happens to alchemy. Um, <clears throat> so I picked a card that I definitely wrote off early in the set being like, oh, that's just a fun callback, but it's not that great. Um ends up it's amazing in a lot of pick. in a lot of different formats. Um and it showed up everywhere. And um Fable of the Mirror Breaker is a yep. really good card, turns out. And that just ended up being my favorite because it seems like an outlier to me of this like, oh, this is a card that I, I love Kiki Jiki. Um I just always thought that was so cool. And I was playing it fair when I was a kid. It was just like, yeah, make one thing a turn. Um we're not doing any infinite stuff. <laughs> Um, and just trying to enable like extra ETBs and that's basically what this these like alchemy decks were doing I was like hey I'm just gonna make you discard mm-hmm. every turn or I'm making more City Stalker connoisseurs every turn um, and I uh, it, it was just it impressed me a lot more than I I thought it was going to I just thought it would be like oh that's cute but uh, no it's good and it's good in a lot of different formats yeah. too so the
1: most messed up thing I've seen is Town Raiser Tyrant getting Town Raiser Tyrant Ugh. at every turn is rough
0: it's <laughs> that's rough, but exactly the kind of thing that I would want to do to somebody. Yeah.
1: No, I thought about that card too. It's a good choice. It's uh, a perfect example. It's so sweet.
0: Yeah. And it, it also just feels like it came out of alchemy in a weird way. But uh, anyway, um, our, totally. our favorite uh, format that we play all the time and know everything about and love historic
1: Jeff. Sorry. What what format?
0: Oh, it's history. It's so it's like that um, mechanic from uh, Dominaria, but it's a format. It's called, it's just every card on Arena. Do you know? Are you familiar? Oh,
1: you can only play cards that are historic. So you can only play legendaries, artifacts.
0: No, 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 no. no. I think that's historic brawl. This is just historic. This is just regular. Okay. Yeah, yeah. In brawl, that's what they make you do. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Um, Yeah, so a lot of good options for this one, too, actually. Although I will admit that I did not. I did not play a ton of Historic. I played a little bit because we wanted to talk about it before the event. I played the best deck in the format, of course, the blue-black uh, <laughs> combo deck. So I don't know if, like, if I can make an informed decision based on the breadth of the Historic metagame. Because I don't know what people are actually playing. All right, so my choice was Takenuma Abandoned Mire. I felt like I had to get one of these lands in here because these lands are pretty cool. I didn't want to be the guy that picked Aiganjo or Seiju, <laughs> so this felt like the appropriate time to slot in Takanuma, especially because in that blue-black contro- uh, combo deck I was talking about, you can only play one of each land, so anytime you get like a new addition, it, like, the deck just plays off-color pathways that are literally just black lands, and so anytime you can upgrade one of those to a land that might do something at some point, uh, that's always fun. So it also gives the deck a bit of much-needed get my Jace back if I somehow lose my only win condition. <laughs> so uh, that's always a nice little thing to have access to. So this is the card I played the most of because I played one
0: copy of it. Hey, there you go. Um, I played four copies of the card I'm going to talk about, but I am double-dipping. We go to Historic. So, of course, I'm just going to bring back up Grease Fang, Ocuba Boss. Uh, he's my favorite Historic <laughs> card. <laughs> yeah. He, he made a whole deck. Could have seen that coming. Yeah, first. yeah. I, I thought you would have known. Um, but he made uh, just a different strategy. Uh, I'm, I'm happy that he's part of the format or uh, meta, kind of. Um, but the uh, most interesting thing with that was just it started out Mardu, turned into Esper, I think is probably the better choice, uh, especially with the new cards we're getting. So, um Sweet. Maybe I'll play more historic. Though we are getting a new format, so I'll probably be playing whatever the new format is. (laughs) Uh, That's really hard to say. Yep. Um, Jeff, what was your favorite art?
1: Okay, so this one is always one of the hardest ones because there's so much good art
0: in every set these days. So good. Um,
1: Yeah, they're so talented. But the one that always just jumps out to me, (laughs) because I, I I don't know what it is about it, I just love it, is Dockside Chef. So this is the one where it's like a, it's like a chef holding out a big bowl of ramen and that bowl happens to have like an eyeball in it by the way. But, uh, (sighs) otherwise it looks like a fairly normal bowl of ramen. And then there's all these like ghost hands like reaching in and, uh, with chopsticks and just like pulling, like eating from this one bowl that the guy's holding. And in those chopsticks is more like gross stuff. Like one of them has a tongue or whatever. Uh, and I just love his smirk face, like one eyebrow raised as he's holding out this big ass bowl of ramen. Like, yeah, I killed this. <laughs> um, I just think of the style of it is really well done. Like sort of blending the line between serious. Cause it's not drawn in like a humorous way, but there's some sort of, there's still some comedy in the art. I just really like this, this piece.
0: Mm. I, I also enjoyed that as well. Just, uh, because uh, he's kind of in the story too. There's like a a bit in in the actual like story of it where where you see him. So he just seems like a, a fun is chef for ghosts. Almost it's it's kind of funny because the card seems like he's yeah, it's kill, exactly. killing the things to to feed people. So it's like does there's the eyeball in the soup, right? So does he kill uh, people and make you eat people? Is that what <laughs> is that what's going on? I don't know. I don't know. It um, seems
1: like that's what's happening.
0: So. With my favorite arts, um, it is, you, you mentioned how difficult it is to, to figure this out because there are so many different alternate arts for things and, um, all this, there's just a lot of really good art in the game right now. So we're, we're living in a wonderful time. Um, I'm going to pivot. I had one picked, but I saw this other one earlier and was like, you know what? I think I might pick this instead. So, um, it's the, the neon frame version of Invoke Despair which normally invoked Despair is kind of like this purple wave coming on these people. And the one in the neon version is like, it's almost like this guy is, um, he's like picking up a wave and it's in this old art style, um, which kind of looks like the ancient uh, Japanese art style. And like a piece of the wave has like a claw and he's kind of like pushing it or maybe he's getting grabbed by it. No, that's what it is. He's getting grabbed by this wave. Um, yeah it's like a fist. yeah, wave fist. It's like this of wave fist thing. Um, but it just really it, it feels very uh, stylistic in a in a nice way there there's a lot of cool futuristic stuff in this set, but this one brings brings me back a little bit. Um, so I I really liked invoke despair.
1: yeah, that's a really good choice.
0: I do want to have an honorable mention. I've seen some stuff uh, just talking about how um shitty the all the the new lands look the the japanese ones for some reason i don't know where this came from i thought they looked amazing so i just want to say hey what these are the coolest fucking lands ever are you kidding don't be coming out here yeah
1: i really like them
0: these were easily like (laughs) i would have picked them if i could pick one but they're all really cool and they all seem very clear so um I, I don't and, know. and I
1: love how it carries through the theme of, like, tradition versus technology. Like, there's always one that's, like, old Na- school. Y- oh, you know, I didn't even notice that. one is, like, the new city version.
0: Yeah, that's really cool. Yeah.
1: I don't know who's hating on these. These are awesome.
0: There's, you know, uh, choice members of the old pro community who have said a couple things. Where I'm like, nah, I don't know if I agree with you. On that one, but I
1: almost bought some of these, but then I was like, I have enough awesome basic lands to go with.
0: Yeah, although I
1: think these these were like almost these were so cool that I almost spent needless gold on them. If
0: these come back in like uh, on a sale or something, I'll probably get them. But if, I think the first exactly it was like,
1: that's what I was thinking too. Maybe I'll wait and get them on sale. Yeah,
0: because it was like twenty five thousand gold, and I was like, oh, that's like two and a half drafts. That, that's, so I, that's so much. So I, much. I can't <laughs> do that. Um, But, all right. Jeff, this last one, we have a new one for this happy hour. What was your favorite card name? Favorite card name. All right. Well, I've had this one picked since I read the
1: card. Um, I don't think I've ever actually played this card. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to think. Maybe I did in Limited. Maybe. But I don't know if I've ever actually seen this card get played. But I picked... You are already dead. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> as soon as I read that, I'm like, you know what? I love that. That's just, that's just a great card name.
0: It's so good because it okay. also like helps you in in the picture where it's, it's the moment of um, you've been sliced and you're about to slide in half, you know?
1: Right. And then the like upper half body slides down. hmm the lower hat like in those you know anime or cartoons or whatever there's like a the ninja goes through mm-hmm. and then the body just slowly slides off that's exactly what they've
0: done oh, it's uh, <laughs> uh it's so good and this is one of the cards i was talking about earlier where you know it's it's fun in the ninja deck where it's like oh when i attack with my virus beetle do you block and then you're already dead or you know that's true yeah <laughs> or is it gonna suit up or what what's gonna happen i don't know um no this card the name is amazing and I hope that it can stick around and like be played in decks. Cause it's so funny. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I knew you were going to pick that one. So my, <laughs> I, I came up with a backup. I came with a backup. So my favorite card name, uh, from the set besides that one is, uh, just farewell. I love the name of just like, Oh, we're going to exile everything. Goodbye, farewell, have fun. <laughs> it's gone forever, don't get it. it. I think oh. I
1: just have too many negative associations with getting farewelled right out of the game. <laughs> yeah. Every time I see that card, I'm like, farewell.
0: God Yeah, it. god damn it. <laughs> um, but with that, Jeff, I think we're coming out of our happy hour and going to uh, last call. So... Do you have any last thoughts before we we move on?
1: Yeah, I just wanted to say, you know, um, it's rare these days that Wizards makes a set I don't like. That was the thing that actually used to happen to me in the past, where I'd be like, I just didn't like that set. And that's okay. I don't have to like every set. Mm -hmm. But they've gotten so good at, you know, giving you so much to like. You know, there's the mechanics, and then there's also the flavor, and then they have really flavorful cards that they execute on, and then they try to do some cool stuff for Commander players. They try to do some stuff for, it's going to impact Standard. and It's so rare these days that I come out of a set saying, yeah, I just didn't like anything about that. They give you so much that you can like. But I really like, thought this one kind of stood out for me as just being a really good blend of a good amount of cards that I could brew with, good number of cards that I just liked. Limited format was pretty good, and the flavor was obviously off the charts. You know, that's kind of the point mm. of the set. And when all that comes together, I think uh, we had a real winner on our hands here.
0: Yeah. No, I agree. This one, um, we don't always say this about sets completely, just like pieces of it. But this one felt like a home run slam dunk to me. Like, um, yeah. there, there was like the little nitty gritty things of like the warrior stuff, um, which some of those decks still came together. Um, but mm-hmm. I think that. I and mean, you still lost to them all the time. So. Yeah. Uh, well, recently, <laughs> not always. But recently, which is <laughs> kind of makes me think about like, maybe I just suck at everything. <laughs> maybe I am not playing. Maybe my draft is I okay. I can't even
1: beat Samurais. Yeah, I can't even play. Yeah. So,
0: um, but with that, yeah, I think coming out of the last three sets, you know, there are things I really liked about them, but there are also some stuff that I was like iffy about. Um, this one felt really at home. I felt very, uh, I think it, it could easily be all the nostalgia. Um, but there's a lot of things I liked about it. The story was really good. Um, besides the samurai part of the story, that was weird, but the rest of it was good. Um, <laughs> the samurai part of the draft was weird, but everything else was really good.
1: When that samurai like runs in alone, even though there's hundreds of samurais there and just gets obliterated. And yeah. The next samurai runs in alone. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. They're like, that's our way. Yeah. The, we just one at a time. Um, so... So yeah, I think uh, figuring out a good samurai mechanic is still kind of on the list of things to do, but with uh, the, all the and I think
1: they knew they didn't have it because they didn't keyword it. Yeah, right? so sort yeah. of like they knew that this wasn't the strong point, right?
0: and they didn't so. really talk about it that much anyway. So, um, but besides that, everything else, I uh, I really enjoyed this whole season, and I'm I'm sad to see it go. You know. Some some of these happy hours feel like they yeah. come up a little fast. Um, this one uh, is at a very normal pace, and it still feels kind of sad. Like, oh, we're already leaving. I really, I really liked Kamigawa, so um, totally. But uh,
1: and they didn't they didn't pull their punches. You know, they took some they took some risky plays with this one in terms of the mechanics they mm-hmm. pushed and, and stuff like that. Like, uh, this wasn't them just kind of phoning it in. Playing it's playing it safe, I guess, is the expression I'm looking yeah. for. They, they brought back know, they they knew that they knew that we wanted crazy shit with Kanagawa and mm-hmm. they delivered that.
0: I mean, don't forget, they brought back Phyrexian mana. Like
1: yeah <laughs> for one card but
0: still they figured i, mean, it out. I
1: actually i actually did forget that until mm-hmm. you just said it but yeah. but <laughs> Not, haven't run into a ton of tamio but exactly I, I mean i think that card's okay you could play tamio it,
0: it, it's okay but th- i think they did a good job of like oh this is what we could do with with fire and mana it's like oh there's something bad happens um almost seems like a weird amonkhet thing where it's like oh this creature comes into play with minus one minus one counters on it if you paid your life but anyway right um, with that, let's go to last call. Let's talk about some beers. Let's rate these beers with this, these, these weird ones. We got some weird ones this evening. I'm really excited. Uh, yeah. I don't even
1: know what, what to think here. So.
0: I don't either. So let's just talk about the rating system before we get into it. Yeah, let's um, stall. I mean, yeah, just just stall, just a little bit, pump the brakes. Uh, as always, we are rating our beers on a scale of bronze to mythic, which is the same as the tiers in arena. Huh weird how how, how do we do that that's that's it's just it's just funny how that works out um this always has nothing to do with uh which tier you personally are in so if we say something negative about the tier you're in it, it's not about that it's about having fun rating beers um everybody's in different tiers i'm in bronze in constructed right now so like it's not it doesn't matter um, I, i'm
1: probably in bronze and limited i don't even know but i must be because it's been a while yeah <laughs>
0: Um, whenever there's a reset you go down hey that's how it works but with that bronze beers are trash just like me apparently because i can't read any cards um and bronze beers are so bad that you cannot finish them and you have to pour them out and actually just like get them out of your sight silver beers these are like meh you know they're basically
1: just don't have anything going on uh macro brews tend to fall into this category
0: Gold beers are fine, but you won't probably drink them again. Yeah. Platinum beers are, are
1: good; they're solid. Uh, you would drink this again, um, but you know you're not gonna go out of your way.
0: Diamond beers are exceptional. You love you love them. You like them, and you would recommend them to your friends.
1: Yeah, and mythic beers, best of the best. Uh, these are your you know your top ten, your top five, whatever. You'll uh, you'll talk about them to whoever uh, will listen, and even some people who really don't want to listen.
0: That's right uh jeff do you have your beer chosen for the evening i i'm having a hard time but i think i think i know which yeah one. i i actually don't they're just so different They're <laughs> so different. they're very different um i think i'm just gonna pick one and then if i rate the other one higher than the one i picked then so be it
1: i, I like that plan you know <laughs> just just like gut instinct mm-hmm. let's just pick one and then like you you rate the one you picked like silver and then mm-hmm. one diamond.
0: Yeah, wait a minute. It's Maybe I, I mean pick the
1: wrong one. I c- I could be talked into a lot of things on these ratings, so uh, I think I'll pick.
0: I'll right. just make a choice. Here we go. Three, two, one. Bequeathed. 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 Yeah. Sorry, bequeathed. Oh um, no 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 no. no. <laughs> all right. So going into this, I was most excited for this peanut butter. Jam, jelly, grape jelly, banana sandwich, pastry stout. Yeah. And uh, coming out of it, it is the one I picked, obviously, because that's what I said just a second ago. But, Jeff, I mean, do you you want to talk first? I I can always talk first if you're just kind of, like, processing.
1: Yeah, I was also excited about it. It made me wonder, do people put bananas in their PB&Js? Is that a thing that I'm, like, missing out on but everyone else knows about? I I think it's a – Or is this just –
0: I think it's a thing. I don't know if um in my experience it's it's a replacement for jelly. It's bananas instead of jelly.
1: I see. Yeah, I've heard of peanut butter and banana as a mm-hmm. combo, right? Like yeah. just spoon some peanut butter onto a banana or whatever. Sure. So maybe that's what they were going for. It's just peanuts and banana work and then peanut butter and jelly works.
0: Mm-hmm. I mean like about jelly. I I mean I've heard of peanut butter banana sandwiches before.
1: So the cool thing about this beer uh, is that it hits you in waves. So when you, at least for me, when I drink the first sip, I get jelly almost immediately. For me, it's like jellies on the front and then peanut butters on the back. And then it kind of morphs into banana like near the end for me, which I found to be really cool. Uh, and less, less like, Whoa, what the fuck? Then if it was just all at once or mm. if it was all muddled, um, because I I thought that would be weird, um, and so I like th- I don't know if that's intentional and that's just the way I'm tasting uh, it, experiencing it, uh, and how much of that is like me knowing what three flavors I'm supposed to be tasting, and so it's like my brain is looking out for those flavors and trying to identify it when it sees them, but I did the the first sip definitely was all that was just that for me, and I thought that was really really cool.
0: Yeah. It's interesting. I'm really... Oh, I mean, like... I did not taste the banana or the jelly. I just tasted the peanut butter. Um, okay. But it, it tasted like roasted nuts, um, which f- f- seems to fit well with the stout to me. It tasted like roasted nuts and alcohol. Um, and kind of like, you know, a stoutiness. But um, but I miss some of the other flavors. So... and And like I was saying before, I thought maybe the alcohol would overpower things for me. So... Uh, I think that po- possibly happened, but also like, I liked it. I was, I was happy that, yeah, I enjoyed drinking the whole thing. I drank quite a bit of it. I'm almost completely done. So, um, I, I
1: liked it too. I, if I didn't say that, um, the banana is really subtle for me at mm-hmm. the very end. It's like the, as the flavors like dissipating, I get this hint of banana, Yeah, uh, which I, I think is a good way to handle banana and beer. Cause I was saying earlier, like some people, when I take a sip of beer and it also tastes like bananas and it's just like this. This sucks. <laughs> stop trying to put banana in beer and also stop trying to put like jalapenos in beer to, to mm-hmm. all the people that do that. It, it's never good.
0: But, yeah. uh, <laughs> it's just flashy. But it, having
1: the bananas like a subtle aftertaste was was nice. Actually. Yeah. Uh,
0: especially for me because I couldn't really notice that much at all. It wasn't like, remember that uh, I gave you like a banana oatmeal milkshake thing for, um, it was like a blueberry oatmeal banana milkshake for the... Um, yeah. What's it called? It's the, when I owed you a bunch of beers for the weird 2-4? Right. Um, that beer. When I won uh, Fantasy. And when uh, yeah. you won Fantasy, yeah. That beer was like very banana forward and like weird and like, ugh. so
1: Yeah, that's one of the banana beers that I'm talking about. Yeah. <laughs> I say stop trying to put banana in beer.
0: <laughs> but no, I liked this one. It was a cool collaboration. I wonder who decided that we we're going to go so such in such a weird direction. Uh, if it was third moon, maybe we should go over to third moon and, and get some beers from them. Yeah, for...
1: maybe, maybe now it's time to bounce over to third moon. That'd be, that'd be um, kind of interesting. When I was just, when we were talking about it, uh, like when we were introducing the beer, I was going to say this beer feels like it's one of those beers that's either bronze or mythic, mm-hmm. but I didn't end up saying it cause I was like, ah, eh, what if it's not? And I think I'm glad I didn't say that because, uh, I don't think it's either of those things. No. So, uh, in the end, it just kind of falls into the the typical spectrum mm-hmm. of, like, good craft beer where it's, like, yeah, maybe in that platinum-diamond range. But uh, I'm happy to give this a diamond for uh, for being really adventurous and executing pretty well on it.
0: Okay, I'll give it... I'll, I'm with you. I was I was going platinum in my mind, but I'll give it diamond because this is the only beer I've ever had peanut butter in that I actually liked it because of the peanut butter. I was like... That, right,
1: I want to encourage risk-taking, you know?
0: Yes. Um, I think they did a good job with... A- and that. I know if I give it
1: platinum, they're, you know, going to listen to that and be like, well, <laughs> well fuck us for trying. Yeah, Let's just make a red ale and he'll love it. We'll,
0: uh, <laughs> that's true. I mean, we will. But uh, no, I think and uh, going in my mind specifically to the roasted nuts uh, fits better with like roasted mm-hmm. coffee and like chocolate in a stout than trying to make it like a creamy thing i don't know it has a recess yeah that's a good
1: call out too it doesn't really taste like peanut butter but you definitely get
0: peanuts peanuts. yeah like you
1: get roasted peanuts
0: wait is this one from left field because they they are dual baseball stuff so roasted peanuts that kind of (laughs) (laughs) anyway uh diamond
1: where's the baseball pair i was missing that (laughs) yeah looking for the ballpark pairing
0: but the uh, Diamond Beer for Bequeathed, really surprised by that. I thought that was going to be our first uh, bronze, honestly. I was I was really coming into it. Yeah, I was
1: like 50-50 on whether it was going to be bronze. Yeah. Or I think you know, it's, it's either awesome or yeah. garbage.
0: Um, but uh, Fallen Idol, the uh, light beer with cherries. Um,
1: it had kind of that champagne thing going mm-hmm. on. I don't know if it was actually using champagne yeast, but we had a beer on here before that actually used champagne yeast. It yeah. had this very bubbly... Sort of champagne like thing, like really and small bubbles, right? And I liked it. Mm-hmm. I liked it in this too. Um, mm-hmm. It's not, yeah, exactly. It's not just more carbonated. It's like a different kind of carbonation.
0: Yeah, it's like it's like yeah, a Perrier well. versus soda water. It's like the bubbles are smaller, right? Um, and uh, yeah, I thought when they said light beer, yeah, they were right. It was a light beer. There were cherries, mm-hmm. um, but it was in it was a little tart, so it had like a light sour quality. Um, but I did like it.
1: Yeah. It was, it was well balanced, you know, um, I didn't expect to like it that much necessarily when they said a light cherry beer, mm-hmm. but, uh, just kind of well-made for what it is, you know, you, exactly like you said, a little sour, a little tart, got that sort of champagne flavor to mm-hmm. give you, or, uh, build so that it gives you something. So it's not just like bland and, uh, it worked well.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think, uh. And with that being said, um it probably of all the beers we tasted from Indie Ale House, it might have been my least favorite, but with that being said, it's probably platinum. You know, I liked it.
1: Yeah, I think this one's pretty solidly mm-hmm. platinum.
0: Yeah, feels good. Um Cool. Good beers this week. I was worried. Nice. There was a moment I was like, I know. Is this is going to be a weird it's week. This is one of the our riskiest ones, yet. yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but uh uh let's go into closing time if you have any crazy weird beers that you've tried or want us to try please go over to arena regulars on twitter and instagram tell us what those are and how we can get them for the show we'd love to uh, take any recommendations yeah
1: you can also find us on mtg arena we'll be under the username arena regulars podcast you cannot recommend beers to us on arena but maybe one day
0: yeah maybe one day. Ooh, that'd be nice Um, if you want to talk to me personally, um, I'm my, I was gonna say my name, uh, my,
1: (laughs) my name is Zach. My name is Zach. do you have a name? Google me,
0: (laughs) Google me and find me. Uh, no, my, uh, handle is Zulberg, that's Z-E-U-L-B-E-R-G on Twitter and Instagram, but Jeff, can they find you?
1: (laughs) Maybe. Uh, I am known for my swift response to any Twitter messages that I receive, so... (laughs) Uh, probably pretty much instantaneous you can find me on twitter at bluesbrews spelled like it sounds
0: yeah also please leave us a review anywhere that you can leave us a review uh mainly uh apple podcasts and uh spotify um go and uh find us wherever you are follow us on the whatever uh platform you're listening to us on if it's stitcher if it's spotify if it's itunes whatever and uh, go to youtube give us a little comment give us a like Um, We will be doing more videos at some point. So um, we'll be back. Um, Yeah. This has been the Arena Regulars. Reminding you that you can't
1: come up with a good keyword for samurais. You you just can't.
0: Good night. All right. That's fine.